Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, and Rumble. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Can people come back? Come back from where? From where they go when they die. I had a sister. Her name was Alice. What was she like? She liked animals. She'd find wild rabbits and bring them home. She went missing when she was only seven. I'm seven. I don't understand what's going on. It's clear there's something troubling me. I don't want to talk about it. She's pretending to be Alice. I am Alice. Please, this isn't a game. You don't like me. Make me hide and hide. You're a nasty little thing. You're a good girl. Who's where? You're a good girl. You're a good girl. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 539. Releasing June 28 on Netflix is Run, Rabbit, Run, a psychological horror movie that stars Sarah Snook as a family doctor and single mother who must confront the ghosts of her past when her daughter begins to exhibit strange behaviour. A creepy horror mystery that features a powerhouse performance by Sarah Snook and great use of dread-induced atmosphere, Run, Rabbit, Run also marks the latest film by director Dana Reed, who I'm glad to say joins me now on the podcast. Dana, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So just doing my research based on uh, Run, Rabbit, Run and how you came about to be a part of the film. So it's produced by Carver Films, and they've got a great pedigree of genre films behind them, you know, Snowtown and Relic, and you work with them on the, on the Sunshine Limited series. They bring in Hannah Kent, who's a novelist, to work on her first screenplay. And not only that, I was interested in that I was reading, listening to an interview from her, and she said that she isn't even a big fan of horror movies, but she decided to give her a crack anyway. But I know you are a big fan of genre cinema. Um, is that what really spoke to you as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, taking on uh, this material, not only the fact that Hannah's working on it, but also that, you know, this is a, a genre um, horror movie. It is not something you necessarily have done so far in the film spaces yet. Um. Look, as you said, I'm a big uh, genre fan. I'm very particular uh, about uh, what kind of stuff I like. Um, and one of the reasons I kind of started working overseas was because I wanted to do more of it. Um, and Australia wasn't doing that much. Uh, that's changing now, which is really super terrific um, and very exciting. But, uh, yeah, so I have been seeking out you know, uh, more genre-leaning because, yeah, I think that it's such a broad term um, of storytelling. Uh, 
so I have been seeking that out, and uh, Sarah and Anna both knew that about me. Um, and yes, as as you said, we had done Sunshine, uh, the miniseries uh, for SBS, and yeah, so they put me together with Hannah, who yes doesn't uh, really kind of you know get into the horror space, but you read her work. And there's such an incredibly specific darkness to her work. I had read Burial Rights many years ago before I met Hannah, and I loved it so much I went to Iceland. Um, it was it's just such a particular way that Hannah sees her subject matter um, that I find you know, so emotional but so and visceral uh, and just it's so particular. It's only her voice. So... I took great joy in introducing Hannah Kent to some of my favourite um, uh, genre films um, and where I saw her script taking us to. Um, so, yeah, we had a lot of fun. Well, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Hannah at one point did kind of say to me, why did you make me watch that? <laughs> so I don't know how much fun she was having. <laughs> well, she, um, she knows now about the horror films, that's for sure. Um when it comes to horror films, though, my, my favourite horror movies, like my favourite movie of all time is The Exorcist. And I think people, people get wrong about horror movies. They think about the shock value of it. What makes a great horror film, I think, is the emotional stakes, the characters. You need to have depth in the characters. Otherwise, why are you investing in them in the first place? And Absolutely. this is what Run, Rabbit, Run has, right? Even though Hannah isn't you know, particularly horror-inclined, um, her writing, as you said, just leans that way because the characters and story writing is there, right? That's absolutely true. I, I couldn't agree more. And um, uh, I too love The Exorcist. I have issues with it about gender, but that's just another time that we can chat about that. But what I, I love, uh, Let the Right One In, for example, um, for exactly as you say, the you're using that kind of that style of storytelling really just to open up what the characters are going through. Hmm. Um, yeah, and, and yes, and what causes it? I mean, yeah, the great thing about The Exorcist, which also um, I, I, yeah, I really draw upon here, is is uh, uh, that incredible performance. Yeah, the mother not knowing what's happening to her child. I mean, The Exorcist and 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 Runner, kind of. I've just thought of that. You brought that to my attention. That they have that as a theme. Both those films is is a a mother desperately trying to protect or save or work out what is happening to her child. Um, and, there's, I mean, obviously in The Exorcist there's just no chance she's ever going to win. But, uh, mm. Albert, yeah, she gets there in the end. But, you know, it's, it, it's yeah, obviously our story goes a different way as to you know, who is responsible for the behaviour. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by Tea Public. Tea Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Tea Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. 
please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Much like that film where Ellen Burson was so terrific and the lead Sarah Snook in Run Rabbit Round is just fantastic. Interestingly, she came on a little later into the proceedings because Elizabeth Moss was supposed to play Sarah first. And while unfortunate that you had to replace someone, someone like Elizabeth, how blessed are you to be able to replace one terrific actor with another terrific actor? I, I mean, to have, that's just such a great thing. And you've worked with Sarah Hoare and Secret River. You know, we've seen her star rise over the years now. I remember seeing her for the first time in Predestination. I don't know how many years ago that was, 10, 12 years ago. And to see where she is now in the industry, both locally and overseas, has just been terrific. What was it like bringing her on uh, to play Sarah and working with her again um, after such a long time? Because I think Secret River was 2014, if I was correct, around that time. You might be right. Yes, it goes very fast, so I lose track, but I think that's that's about right, which is, you know, obviously to me it doesn't feel that long, but um, that's obviously way too long. Um, yeah, I'm going to make sure I, it doesn't go that long before I get to work with her again. Um, but, yeah, as you say, it was extremely disappointing to lose uh, Elizabeth Moss early on when we um, when COVID hit and uh, just threw everything in the air. Uh, but, you know, things happen for a reason. And, I mean, to me, you know, just the way we we went with the production design and our um, and the cinematography, and just you know you put Sarah in the middle of all of that and in that landscape, uh, and just what it did to the film, it was just extraordinary. Um, yeah, we were we were so it was so blessed that um, yeah, so one door closed, but the most amazing door opened, and Sarah Snook was standing behind that door. Lily Latour is terrific as well as Mia, um, Sarah's seven-year-old daughter in the film. There are some scenes in the movie, and it's part of the promotional material as well, where Lily's character of Mia is wearing this mask. It's like a rabbit mask made out of cardboard. In any other context, it would be innocent, you know, just a child making a thing. But here we see something different. And it's interesting to me, just speaking about the movie last night, how masks or idea of wearing like an uh, invisible mask is like a, such a big kind of um, uh, part of the film. Everyone seems to wear them in, a, in, in the movie. I don't want to give away too much as to who has the biggest mask or the more because it's a bit of a spoiler territory. But how much was the idea of masks present? And was the idea of Mia wearing a mask like that something that was already in the screenplay? Or is that something that you like to mess around with kind of like during production and you kind of need a little something more for for Lily's character. He's like, hey, let's let's pop this on her and see how that works. Look, it was definitely in the script from the you know the outset, um, but it was that thing of when the mask went on and off was a really mm-hmm. interesting thing to do within a scene um, and and where it would happen. So that did kind of that would change in rehearsals from time to time about when she might take it off or put it on. Um, but Hannah was you know she's very very insightful and uh you know i uh, we, i always took her lead is when that mask went on and off um she really you know knew when that would would hit um but yeah there were other times where we we adjusted a little bit i don't know about you but i think this halloween will be a nice efficient um uh, costume to wear i think just have that mask on uh, anyone can make it and put, and put it around it'll be it'll work really well another great thing about the movie is the score uh mark bradshaw and marcus whale yeah. you know when it comes to scores in horror movies, you're looking for, you know, that dark kind of ominous tone, but you want something kind of different as well. And I was trying to pick up what the instruments were in the, in the film. I was thinking cello, 
was thinking maybe even didgeridoo there for some moment or some parts where really, kind of like really low. It really does, but it's a double bass. Double bass, yeah. So yeah. how did you come to that a double bass is used in that context or that kind of droning kind of uh, kind of way? Because it's such a fascinating uh, a score and how it's kind of put together for the movie. Yeah, well, we, we had early chats and I'd always said in before Mark came on um, with with Sarah and Anna, I go, I, I can hear, as you say, I could hear a cello, uh, cold piano and the wind. And then I realised well, the piano soon went. It was still way, even a cold piano was still way too warm. It just mm. it just gave, it made it too safe. So that went out quite early. But then Mark really clearly kind of said, no, you, you, we want to go deeper. Let's go deeper. And that's not a cello, that's the double bass. Um, and, uh, yeah, we had used as an inspiration another piece. It's in, in the beginning of the film called Cello Chi and it very much used you know, the sound of wires using that those strings and and kind of like electrical wires through the wind as a kind of reference point, and we kept that going because um, it was so abrasive as well and yet beautiful. You know, my final question is um, I know that um, Run, Rabbit, Rabbit, Run, Rabbit, Run will be on Netflix um, tomorrow, uh, 28th of June. You were blessed uh, that we'd be able to show the film in theatres at um, film festivals, at Sundance and Sydney Film Festival. A horror movie screening is such a nothing quite like it. There's, when you're dealing with people's uh, emotions in regards to fear and and scares and such, it's kind of it's 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 such a thing to have because the, the atmosphere in the cinema can be so tense. Did you have a chance to partake in any of these screenings and see reactions to it? And if so. What type of reactions did you did you anticipate or maybe not anticipate happen on on the screen that you as a director of the film didn't think oh that hit and I didn't think that would hit uh, the way that it did. Look, it was very interesting. I got to watch it twice in Sydney. Um, I didn't get to go to Sundance, which was a shame. But uh, uh, it was really interesting. <laughs> like even for me, and I've obviously seen it hundreds of times, mm. where because there is an intensity that. The cinema experience gives you. Even I kind of went, oh, is this, this is a bit much. <laughs> it's like yeah, the, because you don't have a break, you know, you can't glance away like you do with the television, or you can't get up and get a drink of water. Yes. Um, but what I did love uh, in one of the screenings is the lighter moments, um, which uh, there are a couple in there early on. Um, got good laughs, and I was really thrilled by that because I, I think. You know, I I think as Australians we are always deal with things with humour anyway. And I think as we go in that journey, yeah, you know, when 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 Sarah wakes up and and uh, Mia is at the end of the bed with the mask on, mm. it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not at the same time. Yeah. So kind of, you know, so we kind of were playing that tone either way. So yeah, to get laughs was great. Well, for everyone out there listening, June 28, Run, Rabbit, Run on Netflix. I guarantee everyone's going to have a really great time with this movie because it is a film that's really absorbing uh, and really really draws you into this kind of like slow-born mystery. And as it continues, 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 and they head to the house and all these things are happening, I think um, it's going to really pay off dividends for a lot of people who invest in it because I think it's a really fantastic film they put together. Great um, performance there by Sarah Snook and um, and yourself, Dana. Um, Great direction here as well. And I want to thank you for your time. And um, best of luck with the film's release tomorrow. um, uh, I can't wait for people to see it. Thanks very much. It was lovely to chat.